Hi, I'm New England Patriots running back and Super Bowl champ James White, and you're listening to the Fantasy Football Champs Podcast. Go Pats! What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another new episode of the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. This is Mark, along here with AJ. What's up, guys? Football is back. Thursday night game starts tonight. I'm so excited. Yep, today should be like a national holiday. Like, if you have to work today, I feel like it's a bunch of bullshit. We, nobody should be working today. We should all be sitting on the couch. And we have a really good game to look forward to tonight. Lots of fantasy implications we've been waiting on to see if it actually pans out. But before we get into that, we got to talk about this Saquon Barkley jersey. So as you guys know, we've been plugging the Saquon Barkley jersey. We're waiting to get 50 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And we still haven't hit that mark yet. It's baffling. I don't understand it. AJ, do you know what's going on? Do you know what? Do people just not like Saquon Barkley anymore? I guess not. I mean, it's very simple. Apple Podcast, go up there, five-star review. Once we get 50, we're going to do a drawing. Somebody's going to get an autographed Saquon jersey. Please take this off my hands. Now, you know, I bet if this was an Ezekiel Elliott jersey, it would have been gone a month ago. <laughs> now, speaking of Zeke... I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure my boy, my guy, my number one overall ranked player, came back. AJ, how do you feel about Ezekiel Elliott being back for Dallas? Uh, I mean, I, I did see it happening in the near future. I'm a little surprised it happened before week one. But uh, it's good for the Cowboys fans. Good for his fantasy owners. Uh, but yeah, now, now we're just waiting on Melvin Gordon. But unfortunately, that situation was pretty ugly, so... I don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah, the is a lot tougher. Now, he does have permission to seek trades, and he's already drawn some interest. I know the Eagles offered a uh, Jordan Howard and pick package that the, uh, the Chargers turned down. So if you have Melvin Gordon stashed, I'd still hold him. I actually put up a poll on Twitter, at Chance underscore podcast, uh, talking about Gordon and... The poll was, if you don't have Melvin Gordon on your roster, are you trying to buy him for pennies on the dollar, or do you want no part of trying to acquire him? And the vast majority has actually leaned towards the try to buy him for pennies on the dollar. Because the way that his situation works, it's not a bell situation from last year. Melvin Gordon has to report at least by week 10 to be able for this to count as uh, a year off of his contract. So if he sits out past week 10, then basically the whole year is for nothing and he's still going to be on the contract and he's going to give up his free agency. So he will be back at some point. He's losing over $300,000 in a game check per game he misses and he's never got that big contract. So some people are like, I don't want to deal with him. But if you think about it, there's a good chance. I mean, maybe not a good chance, but there is a chance that by week four or week five, he might be like, hey, I'm out like a ton of money. And I really need to go back and try to get my value back up. So in, for me personally, I'd be trying to acquire him on the cheap and just stash him. Because if he comes back sooner rather than later, or even when he does end up coming back, he could be a potential league winner for you. So what, what are your thoughts on Melvin Gordon? 
Uh, yeah, I agree. I think if you can get them, if you can buy them low, it's worth it. Uh, but I wouldn't give up too much for them just because of so much uncertainty. But uh, I don't, I don't know if I see him playing this year. To be honest, I, I don't know. I mean, he's only going to hurt his career and hurt himself if he doesn't. But it just seems like that situation right now is pretty ugly. So, I don't know. If you can get him for cheap, I'd do it. But if, if you have to give up too much, I wouldn't even consider it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The price has to be right. But real quick, to, to just to touch upon Zeke. Now, he got a big contract. Dallas really committed to him. But the way that they... The contracts were structured. It makes it so Dallas has to pay out the money over six years. So there's uh they still got some wiggle room to try to bring back Cooper or Dak. So I think that was a, a pretty good contract. But I don't know how Dallas fans feel about being committed for Zeke until he's like fucking 30 years old. So we'll see how that whole thing pans out, especially with a quote unquote character guy, like to call them being locked in for that long, I'm sure you wouldn't feel too great if you were a Cowboys fan, but you don't have that problem because we're Patriot fans. That is very true. Uh, I was actually kind of looking forward to see how Tony Pollard was going to do for a week or two. But, uh, I mean, yeah. He's going to be right yeah. on the bench. Watch out. Yep, if you drafted Tony Pollard and you don't have Zeke, I mean, you might want to try to trade him to the Zeke owner, but you're not going to get anything for him. And... More, more likely than not, after week two, Pollard's just going to be out there in free agency. So you can just pick him up if you really still want him. But nope, Pollard, it's crazy how Pollard goes from like, oh, a potential draft day steal to essentially a nobody, just like that. Yeah, that's how fantasy is. Now, okay. Go ahead. let's move forward to this slew of games we have this week. Yes, sir. We got 16 games on tap. We got one Thursday, two Mondays, and a bunch of Sundays. So I think it's only right that we start with tonight's game. That's right. I said tonight. We are about eight hours away from kickoff. And as you know, tonight's game is a rivalry between the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Now, for the game lines tonight, it's looking like a 46-point total, which, I mean, that, that's not bad. That's pretty decent. But the Bears are favored by three. So I think it's going to be pretty close, scoring pretty decent. Uh, who do you, Real quick before we break down the fantasy implications, who do you like in this game? Uh, I'm going to go with the Bears because it's at Soldier Field, and that defense is going to give Aaron Rodgers just headaches all night. Yeah, I agree. Now, this one, if you're playing a pick I think that this one was a little tricky because, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, and it's the new-look offense. We think that they can be pretty good. You still get Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. But then you just, as soon as you just, like, remember that it's the Bears in Chicago on opening night, you know that defense is going to be fired up and ready to go. I'm also going to give the edge to the Bears here. Um, but who's uh, – why don't you give me – one player you're really going to have your sight set on to see his workload or just how he looks. Who's your guy? Uh, I'm looking forward to see Aaron Jones against a stifling defense right off the group in week one. Aaron Jones is a guy that has averaged, he averages like five and a half yards of carry for his career. So I'm 
curious to see if the coaching change in Green Bay is going to allow him to be the go-to guy, the primary back, and really just another committee. And I want to see if he's up for the challenge against running at that defense. I'm not sure if he's going to be, but that's, that's what I'm going to be watching. Yeah, it's definitely a really tough matchup for Aaron Jones this week. Uh, we were talking before the show that if Aaron Jones goes out there and he just gets the shit kicked out of him, it would probably be a really good uh, buy low target. Maybe the owner of Aaron Jones, who probably bought him in the third, maybe fourth round, maybe they'll be like, all right, well, he's just not going to get the workload or he's just not that good. So keep your eyes on him. If he has a bad game, i definitely try to look to trade for him. Somebody that I'm really keeping my eyes on is uh, my guy, David Montgomery. Now, I've been on the Montgomery train for months now. I've absolutely loved this guy. He looked fantastic in the one preseason game he played. And he only played one preseason game because he was already getting, like, the star treatment. They played him one time. They saw what they needed to see. And then they didn't roll him back out there again. Now, he goes against the Packers. The Packers' defense is improved, but it's still not great. It's probably going to finish around middle of the pack in defense. And I want to see how the Chicago Bears use Montgomery. Now, how much uh, Cohen are we going to see? That's something I'm interested in. If we're going to see any Davis, it would probably be a boner kill. But if he is out there, I don't see him being utilized much. I'm really hoping to see Montgomery get – I want to see him get like 18 carries. I think it would be a nice number. But I want to see him targeted in the passing game. And I want Cohen's role to be uh, minimized from what it was last year. And I believe it will. But tonight, we're actually going to be able to hopefully get a glimpse of what that Chicago Bears offense will be. So those are the two players that we're really keeping our sights on. Now let's go over a couple matchups. I'm going to, or AJ, I'm going to ask you a couple players, and I want you to tell me if you feel comfortable starting them or sitting them in fantasy this week. And it's only right to start off with one of the best to do it, Aaron Rodgers. Now he has an awful matchup on the road in Chicago, opening night. But Aaron Rodgers usually does pretty good against the Bears' defense. He's healthy right now. He, his weapons are healthy. How do you feel, or what's your confidence meter on starting Aaron Rodgers week one? Uh, against this matchup, I wouldn't feel too confident. I would uh, I would see, uh, if, I mean, if you draft the two quarterbacks, see if the guy you got as a backup has a better matchup. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's Aaron Rodgers. You draft him somewhat early because he's – you know, mo- pretty much matchup proof. So, if you don't have that good a backup, just roll with Rodgers. Uh, I-, I wouldn't pick anybody up just to bench Rodgers. I wouldn't do that. But I mean, I don't like the matchup. But if you get a plan, you get a plan. Okay, and just because I want to make you fuck squirm over there, I'm going to ask you one question: If you drafted Aaron Rodgers in like the fifth or sixth round, per se, and you drafted my guy Flaming Jameis in like the twelfth round. Who do you feel more comfortable starting week one? Would you rather start Rodgers on the road in Chicago or would you rather start uh, Jameis Winston at home against the 49ers? Uh, I'd probably I'd probably still go Rodgers. You, I don't like you, Jameis at all. You bite your tongue. I'll gladly make a, some kind of wager with you over fantasy points and I take Jameis every time. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm not a Jameis guy. You would think that's a great matchup, but this is the guy that will throw four picks by halftime. I mean, an offensive coordinator isn't enough to fix that guy's 
that guy's gameplay. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm going Rodgers in that matchup, though. All right. Well, we'll get to Jameis when we get to him. We got a we got a few more games to cover before we get to the Buccaneers game. Um, yeah, no, that's going to be a poll in the Facebook group for sure, though. So if you want a piece of that Facebook group, make sure you guys go to the group, search up Fantasy Football Champs Podcast, and you'll find us, and you'll be able to vote on that poll. I'm hoping that you guys out there are pulling for my guy Jameis, but Rogers has the name, so we'll see. Next game I want to talk about is let's talk about the Los Angeles Rams against the Carolina Panthers. Now this one has a total points of 50 and a half. So that that's a nice high number. And the Rams are favored by three on the road. So who are you watching for in this one? Uh, this game I'm watching for my boy Christian McCaffrey. I want to see how he does. I, I mean, the Rams defense isn't as good as it has been in the previous years. But the defensive line is still pretty crazy. So I'm going to be really watching McCaffrey and seeing if he can just get something going and just put up huge numbers against this Rams defense. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm watching for Gurley. I mean, Gurley has been the talk of the town all offseason. People are really worried about the knee and, uh, and his workload, and they want to see uh, Henderson. And so Gurley, a lot of eyes are going to be a Gurley on this one. The Rams have a great matchup, so you start everybody on the Rams against the Panthers. Everybody. You can start all three wide receivers, start Gurley, start Goff. It's a good matchup for them. But I just want to see if the Rams get out to a lead. I want to see if they pull him to try to preserve him, or if they're gonna if they're gonna roll with him as like the the clock bleeder. So I'm curious to see Todd Gurley. Now, the Rams defense, obviously Rams defense, they have a top flight defense. How do you feel starting Cam Newton this week? Uh, honestly, I feel I feel pretty good starting Cam. Mainly because, like I said, like that last year, going into last year, the Rams were like the defense we wanted, and uh, the secondary really wasn't anything to brag about. That they were getting a lot of points put up on them. Uh, I think Cam will be okay, especially at home against this team. And uh, I mean, Cam is coming into Week One healthy. The foot is no longer an issue. So I mean, if there is pressure, which there will be, because you got Aaron Donald over there. He can get out of the pocket. He can run, get you know, pick up some yards on the ground. But uh, I, I, I think he'll be fine against that defense. Okay, last question before we move on to the next game is: Are you starting DJ Moore against the Rams defense? I absolutely am. <laughs> I love DJ Moore. I'm starting him every week. Uh, I'm, I, he's a player. You know, if if you give me two players to watch, he would have been the second. Uh, I'm expecting big things out of DJ Moore this year. I think he's gonna he's gonna have a very big year. I think he's gonna outplay his ADP, and uh, I'm very excited to see what he's gonna do in this offense. Curtis Samuel also. They got two good young receivers over there. So as long as Cam stays healthy, I think both of those guys are gonna have a pretty pretty good year. All right, let's hop right into the next game, and this is gonna be an exciting one for a lot of fantasy players out there. The Tennessee Titans are traveling to Cleveland to face the new look Cleveland Browns. Total total points looking at 45 and a half right now. Uh, not great, kind of on the lower side. The Browns are favored by five and a half points at home. Who are you watching for in this one? Uh, this game, I, I'm watching, there's two players. I want to see the combination of Baker and Odell Beckham Jr. I want to see that combination in action when it counts. 
And uh, I think that could be that that could end up being when it's all said and done. That could be the best stack this season if both those guys stay healthy and both those guys are on the same page. Uh, Odell has put up insane numbers throughout his entire career with Eli Manning, a declining Eli Manning. Now you've got Baker Mayfield who's who's got he, he's got balls. He's not scared to throw the ball in any situation. He's got a rifle. He's a gunslinger. And he's just going to be launching this thing to Odell. And Odell can go up and get it. We all know that. So I'm going to be watching that combo. And I'm pretty excited to see what they're going to do. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually watching to see how the Titans used uh, Derrick Henry. Now, Derrick Henry is one of your guys. I'm surprised he's not the guy you're watching for. But I think it's I think the majority of people will feel that the Browns are going to be up in this game, probably for the most part. So... Once the Browns get up by a score or two, I'm curious to see if you're still going to see Derrick Henry out there with this running game or if we're going to see Deion Lewis get more touches than what Henry owners are looking for. Because, you know, Der- uh, Deion Lewis is the pass catcher. Derrick Henry, I mean, he couldn't catch a beach ball on a hot summer day. So I'm curious to see how that's going to pan out. I think the Browns are going to win this pretty comfortably. And I just want to see if Derrick Henry can still pull 20 carries in a game where they're going to be trailing. So I'm going to be watching for Derrick Henry and his utilization. Now, I, I think, I mean, if you have anybody from this game, you're starting them. I mean, you're going to start Henry. I mean, you're not going to start the Titans quarterback. <laughs> I mean, but you can't start Mariota. But everyone on the Browns, they're all a go. So we don't really need to talk about starts or sits in this one. So let's move right on to the next game, which is going to be maybe – the most interesting game on the slate for me, and that's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Jacksonville. There's a 52.5 point total score, and the Chiefs are favored by four on the road. Who are you watching for in this one? Uh, this game, I am watching for Tyreek Hill. Now, Tyreek Hill is going to be matched up with Jalen Ramsey, and a lot of people think that's like, oh man, like that. I mean, it is. It's a great matchup. But Tyreek Kill is one of those guys. I feel like he may be, he may be unguardable because he's got strength and he's got elite speed. He's probably the fastest guy in the league. So Jalen Ramsey, he's a great corner, but I, I just don't see him holding Tyreek down. So I want to. I'm really going to be focusing on that matchup. I mean, that's like a heavyweight title, friggin' boxing match right there. If you think about it, between a top three corner and top three receiver just going at it. Uh, so I'll be watching that that matchup, and uh, I think Tyreek is going to get the better end of that that uh, that matchup. Yeah, and uh, I'm sticking on the same side of the ball. I want to see this Damian Williams LaShawn McCoy split. Now, I'm still in favor of Williams. Andy Reid came out and said that they're both, I guess they're quote, both quote-unquote starters. But I feel like a lot of people are kind of glossing over the comment that Andy Reid made when they said that when they brought in McCoy, Andy Reid sat down and talked to him and told him how special Damian Williams is. And he told so Michelle McCoy knows that Damian Williams is supposed to be the guy. Now, if that was out there for just for the press, I'd say maybe that was bullshit. But the fact that Andy Reid told McCoy that face to face and told him how special Williams is makes me optimistic that Williams isn't going to lose this job, that he's going to hold it. So I'm going to see if he's just used more in the passing game and maybe on first and second down if McCoy gets out there a little more or if it's like a total 50-50 split or if Williams dominates the touches. So 
I'm curious to see this Chiefs backfield. My personal opinion, I think Williams is the guy. I think McCoy is going to get in there as a change of pace. I would say a change of pace plus, where he gets a little extra than just a change of pace. Like, he'll definitely keep some series to himself. But I think Damian Williams is going to be the primary guy. I think he's going to be the better fantasy player on the year pretty easily. So I'm curious to see that backfield. I'm going to be watching for that pretty closely. Now, in a game like this, I mean, you start everybody. The Chiefs defense doesn't scare you. And the Chiefs offense is so good that defenses don't scare you either. So is there anybody you consider not playing this week? Or are you all in on everybody? Yeah, I wouldn't be starting the Jaguars defense. <laughs> They're one of the first defenses off the board. Uh, I'll be benching them real quick. Yeah, no, that's a that's a fantastic point. I wasn't even thinking defenses when we did this. If you drafted the Jags, do not play their defense. Okay, let's go to the uh, the next game. A little AFC showdown over here. We got the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Miami to face the Dolphins. Ugly, 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 ugly total score in this one. It is the lowest total score of the week at 37 and a half. That is disgusting. The Ravens are favored by a whole touchdown, seven points on the road. Um, yeah, how let you go first. <laughs> what are you looking for in this? Uh, well, the fact that Miami's defense is god-awful, I am curious to see how Lamar Jackson is going to do passing the ball. Because realistically, he should be passing all over the Dolphins' defense. So if he really has been working on his passing and his throw mechanics, he should ball out and move on. There's no reason he shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 uh, if Jackson can't get it done through the air this week, then we might have to just jump ship and be like, okay, this dude is just a running back at this point. Um, what? Oh, man, this game is so ugly. I'm probably going to be watching for the Hurricane, and we'll see if the Hurricane delays the game. Maybe they postpone it. I don't know. Um, uh, I guess somebody I'm watching for is probably be Mark Ingram, and I'm not a Mark Ingram guy. Uh, right before we started recording the show, the Ravens offensive coordinator came out and said that they're taking a hot hand approach. Which, if you're a Ingram owner, can't be too reassuring because they have a nice rookie over there that's getting some hype. Um, no, uh, his name's evading me. Who is it? Hill? Justice Hill. Yeah, yeah, Justice Hill. So he's been getting some buzz, and now the offensive coordinator says that they're riding a hot hand. So I think Ingram, if Ingram comes out and he looks good right from the gate, I can see Ingram getting like fucking 25 carries this game. But I'm curious to see how much Hill carves a role for himself in, against a fucking cake matchup like Miami. Um, and again, with this, I don't feel – I feel great about starting Ingram, but I don't feel great about starting anybody else in this one. Yeah, no, nah, this game's pretty bad. I, I think the Ravens will win. I think the Ravens' defense will shut down Miami. And, uh, I mean, who knows, though? The Ravens' offense, if, if Lamar can't pass the ball now – they could throw up a lot of points on this Dolphins team, so I think the Ravens are going to win pretty, uh, pretty big. All right, well, let's get into a, a more fun matchup. Let's kind of, you know, football's back. Let's talk about a fun game. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Minnesota to face the Vikings. 47.5 point total score. That's a nice number. And the Vikings are favored by four at home. Who are you watching for in this one? Uh, this game, I'm going to watch Matt Ryan against the Vikings defense, uh, especially in Minnesota. 
I actually have Matt Ryan in one of my leagues, and I'm benching him this week for Dak Prescott going against the Giants. So it's going to be a tough matchup for Matt Ryan, even with all the weapons he has. And the reason I say that is because in the preseason, I know it's preseason, but the Falcons' offensive line did not look that good. So if they're going to be if they're going to be uh, weak at the line, and then you got Daniel Hunter, you know, and and you know, Griffin over there, it's it could get ugly. But Matt Ryan, he could be on his back most of the day. So uh, I'll be watching that. Uh, see if Matt Ryan can stay on his feet. Well, real quick, I got to interject here because we got some breaking news. So, just dropped one minute ago. The Raiders are expecting to suspend Antonio Brown after AB got into an altercation with the GM, Mike Mayock. So, Antonio Brown has been a nightmare to roster. And now he's hurting you even more because now he's going to miss some time. It's probably going to be... They can't suspend him for more than one game for getting into an argument. I'm actually surprised that he's getting suspended at all. But if you have Antonio Brown, the headache continues the thing with Antonio Brown is you heard about all that all that crap going on in the locker room in Pittsburgh last season and now Pittsburgh's locker room is real good everybody's getting along well and then Antonio Brown is causing all this drama in Oakland now so now you get to see who the real problem is because you know you didn't get the full story behind the scenes but now you're seeing it everybody's seeing it firsthand you take the problem out of the locker room, you send him to another team, now he's the problem in the locker room. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's good for the Steelers. You know what? Good for the Steelers for uh, making the right move and getting him out, out of that team, you know? Yep, so I think it's pretty safe to say don't start Antonio Brown week one. All right, let's get back to the Falcons-Vikings, though. The player that I'm looking for, I want to see Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook looked great in preseason. I want to see how many touches he gets week one. As you know, he's been battling injuries his whole career. I mean, his whole career is only a couple of years, but still, he's been battling injuries. He has a, a cake matchup against the Falcons. There's no reason why he shouldn't feast against them. And the Falcons ranked close to the bottom of the league in giving it up to pass catches from the running back position. Dalvin Cook can catch the rock. So I want to see how much the Vikings are going to use him, and I want to see how good he looks. If it was just him going off against second and third stringers in preseason, or if this is going to be the year when he can stay on the field and just be a fucking top eight running back. So I'm going to be watching Dalvin Cook. In a game like this, I mean, you said you're not going to start Matt Ryan. Would you start Devontae Freeman? Uh, I would start Freeman just because there's, there's less running backs that are serviceable. So, I mean... It, you gotta, you kind of, if you drafted Freeman in the third round, you kind of have to start him every week. Yep, I agree. And then, if you don't know, you start all Vikings this week. Next up, we have a bit of an interesting kind of game here. We got the Buffalo Bills traveling. Uh, they're not traveling far. They're going to the Jets. So that's a New York, New York showdown. Now the total is forty-one on the lower side. The Jets are favored by three. At home, who are you watching for in this ugly matchup? Uh, I want to see the running backs for uh, Buffalo. I want to see how Singletary looks. I know they just released. Uh, I, I mean, the thing about football is everything can change day by day. So last week we hear Singletary is going to be the feature back. He's going to get you know 
12 to 18 carries a game, blah, blah. Now the depth chart comes out and Frank Gore is number one on the depth chart. So I'm curious to see how they're going to balance that out. If it's just going to be a committee, including Yeldon, or if Singletary, they're going to try to feature him. So what are you watching? Yeah, well, my best guess, just to touch on that real quick, I think Frank Gore is going to get the majority of the touches for at least the first three, four weeks, and then Singletary will probably get involved more. Frank Gore, I mean, he's old as shit, but he's just so rock steady. I mean, he, he's not going to make mistakes. He's going to go out there. He's going to do what he does. Last year, he over he averaged over four yards a carry, which, which is good. So I can definitely see Frank Gore's value going up. Now, playing him against the Jets isn't great, but I don't think that's a great matchup for Singletary either. So I am looking for Singletary. But for me, I want to see how much Adam Gase uses Le'Veon Bell. Now, Le'Veon Bell is, was getting drafted top seven. And what we've been talking on this show about how if you had to decide between Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, like, who would you go in the first round? And it, But at first, it was all Johnson. And then Bell kind of... It's kind of creeping up on him a little bit because the Jets' offense looks good. Now, Buffalo's defense is good, so I'm curious to see how Le'Veon can do. Now, you know him. He's he's a one-cut, very patient running back. He'll stay behind his blockers and, and look for the hole to open up. Is that Jets' offensive line good enough to open a hole, or is he just going to get swallowed back there while he's waiting patiently for something to open up? I'm curious to see if he's going to go out there and be a workhorse, get like 20, 20 carries, with five catches, or if Adam Gase is an idiot like he was last year and give Le'Veon like like 14 carries with a few targets. So I'm I'm curious to see the, uh, the Le'Veon Bell, how they use him. Now, in a matchup like this, I mean, I don't really feel great about starting anybody besides Le'Veon Bell, really. Would you start, uh, would you start, uh, oh, his name's escaped. Would you start Robbie Anderson this week? Yeah, I'd start Robbie Anderson. If he was like a receiver three in my roster, I don't think I would. Uh, I would start him. At, he's definitely a receiver three this week. He's not a receiver two. I think he should put up decent numbers because I think Sam Donald's going to improve this year. But uh, yeah, no, I would start Robbie Anderson. Okay, so let's hop over to the next game. Now, the next game is the last one o'clock game. We got the Washington Redskins traveling to Philly to face the Eagles. 45 and a half point total, which is which is good. But the Eagles are favored by nine and a half. The Eagles are projected to wax that ass. Who are you watching for in this one? Uh, I'm gonna watch for Darius Geis. I wanna see if they uh they're actually gonna play him a lot more than Peterson or if they're gonna kind of split carries. I think at the moment right now, I, I think Geis is in line for a lot of work, but uh, we'll, we'll see if they actually do it or if they're just saying it in the media. Uh, but it is a tough matchup for both those running backs. So, I mean, Geis could have – he could be kind of like what you're saying about Aaron Jones. He could come out and struggle against Philly, and maybe you could try to buy him low off somebody if they you know, if they don't if – they, if they're down on him already. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be watching Darius Geis. Yeah, I was actually going to pick Geist myself, but I'm not going to copy you there because the listeners don't want to hear us talk about the same guy twice. So I'm going to go with the backfields of Philly. I want to see how much work Miles Sanders gets week one and, and compare that to what Jordan Howard gets. Now, 
I'm pretty sure everybody will agree that Miles Sanders is the better all-around running back because Miles Sanders is really good in the passing game, and he's more elusive than Howard. But Howard is a really good north and south running back. So I'm curious. And Philly usually goes committee. They don't really commit to one guy. So I'm curious to see against the the Redskins where they're, when they're projected to beat them by basically double digits. So you got to figure there's going to be some time on the clock where the Eagles have a ground and a pound. And I feel like that's going to be Howard's role. But I'd like to see how uh, how Miles Sanders, I'm going to see the burn that he gets week one and, you know, just compare the snaps. Um, so in a game like this, do you feel comfortable outside of Geist playing any Washington Redskins? Uh, no. I don't like, I don't really don't like anybody over there. To be honest, especially against Philly, I think uh, I think the quarterback play is going to be struggling. The running game should struggle. I'm hoping guys can get something going because he's a tough runner. But uh, I mean, yeah, there's nothing really to be excited about if you're a Redskins fan. I, I totally agree. Sorry to the Washington fans out there. And I was going over to the four five Eastern start times. First game we got up, we got the Indiana. Outside <laughs> Indiana, the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Los Angeles, not against the Rams, but to go against the Chargers. Now, the total in this one's 44 and a half. That's eh, a little low, but the Chargers are favored by seven. So who are you watching for in this one? Uh, this game, I'm watching for my guy, Austin Eckler. If you have him in a PPR league, you better be starting him. Uh, flex him out. He's not. I mean, I he's gonna put up RB two numbers in the PPR league, but I would feel better if you have him in your flex. Um, but I think, I mean, Eckler could put up. He could have like ten catches. Uh, the the I mean, the uh, the Colts defense isn't that great. They got a couple good players, but uh, Philip Rivers should just ball out on Sunday. So I think uh, I'm I'm watching Eckler. I think he's gonna have a big game. Yeah, real quick, just to harp on that point. Uh, I agree. Definitely start Austin Eckler if you got him. But the Chargers did come out and say that they're going to be splitting touches, him and Justin Jackson. So if you remember when Gordon missed time last year, it was the Eckler show. But towards the end of that run, Justin Jackson was getting a little more burn because Eckler wasn't really producing as hoped. So if Justin Jackson's out there on your waiver wire, I'd definitely pick him up. The fact that they're splitting I think it leaves the door open for maybe Jackson to take this role from him. So that's something to definitely look for. But I agree, week one, I definitely feel great about starting Eckler if you got him. But that's not who I'm watching. I'm watching Marlon Mack. I want to see if if Jacoby Brissett will look for Mack in the passing game. Now, Naeem Hines is a proven pass catcher. That's basically what they drafted him for. But Marlon Mack can catch the ball. It's just they don't throw it to him. So I'm curious to see with the Colts now with the whole Andrew Luck debacle. I feel like that really throws a monkey wrench in the Colts game plan, especially because it happened so late and so close to the season. So I'm hoping that they're just like, no, we're committed to Mac. Mac's the guy. And I hope that they can use him in a true three down fashion. So uh, I want to see how the Colts backfield shakes up. And then just to touch on that a little more, I just want to see how Brissett looks. Is Brissett going to be able to make it so the Colts are still relevant? I mean, here, they're, uh, I mean, they're seven-point underdogs, which is pretty big. But if you believe in Brissett, then it could be closer than that. So I, I kind of just want to see the Colts' offense in general. Like, let's see if T.Y. Hillen takes a bigger hit 
as draft boards have been uh, been reflecting. Um, so I think in a game like this, you probably start everybody. Is there anybody you're kind of kind of iffy on? Like, would you start Jacoby Brissett if you had him? Uh, well, that's tough to answer because I wouldn't have him. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, Jacob Brissett is probably on your waiver wire right now. So, I mean, unless you had, unless you drafted Andrew Luck early and you didn't take a backup, I mean, maybe. But I mean, if 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 I did have Brissett, I would probably not want to start him against Chargers defense. They got a good defense. Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. Uh, yeah, it could be a true problem for the Colts. Yeah, I another guy who I might feel a little iffy about starting is maybe Ty. Just because the Chargers' defense and secondary is so fucking nasty, and now you're relying on Brissett to make those tight throws. So I think Hilton is a guy who, at the end of the week, you could be like, what the fuck? He got me like four or five points. So I think T.Y. Hilton's an interesting guy where if you had a better option on the bench, I might want to use him, even though it would be tough because T.Y. has that name recognition. But he's a guy I'd definitely be... uh, be unsure of but let's hop right into the next game now the next four or five game the Cincinnati Bengals are traveling to Seattle to face the Seahawks now there's a 44 point total which is low the Seahawks are also favored by nine and a half which is tied for the highest spread so who are you watching for in the Bengals Seahawks game I am watching for DK Metcalf I am excited to see what this kid's gonna do uh, I mean, he's he looks like T.O. out there. He's freaking huge. He's fast. His hands aren't that great, kind of like T.O. I, <laughs> I want to see what he's going to do in his first first ever professional game. And, uh, I, I mean, you know Russell's going to be throwing to him. But Russell is always throwing well to big receivers. Too. I think Metcalf could surprise a lot of people having a really solid year. But I, I'm focusing on him for week one. I'm watching for Tyler Boyd. Now, Tyler Boyd with A.J. Green on the field last year was fantastic. He had over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. Now, his productivity kind of fell off a little bit when A.J. Green was out of the lineup because he got all he got the, you know, he got the respect from the defenses that he was the number one guy. Well, going into this game, Tyler Boyd is by default the number one guy again. Now, he got paid. He got his contract. The Bengals locked him up. The Bengals feel good about him. So, I'm going to see... Now that they had the offseason to plan for A.J. Green not being there, I want to see if that new-look offense can get Tyler Boyd involved in more creative ways. Now, this offense is supposed to be – it's supposed to look good. We haven't seen it yet, but it's supposed to look good. Tough matchup week one, but I want to see how they use Tyler Boyd. I am a Boyd fan. Uh, he's a big target, big receiver, great hands. It's just he's not that great after the catch, but he's a good possession receiver. So I think Boyd is going to have a good year this year. I'm curious to see how the Bengals use him. Now, in a game like this, obviously, you're starting mixing. You're going to start Boyd. <laughs> There's no way you start Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton's probably less owned than Brissett is. So, I mean, I, I guess the guy you could ask if you're going to start is, would you feel comfortable starting Tyler Boyd? Uh, I mean, I, w- I would start him. I would start him, but it's just it's tough, though, because... For the last like five five years or so, teams struggle playing at Seattle. It's gonna rain. There's like a ninety nine percent chance it's gonna rain like every day. Uh, the twelfth man over there, the the fans are crazy. 
So it doesn't matter who you are, what type of player you are, it's tough to play in Seattle. Uh, so I, I, I'm not expecting too much out of Boyd, to be honest, uh, this weekend. But, I mean, if you got him, you kind of have to start him, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, I feel like if you draft him, you kind of have to roll with him. I think he'll still finish the week as a, as a wide receiver, too. Maybe just a little towards the lower side of that. One guy I absolutely love in this game, though, is Chris Carson. Chris Carson is going to get like 25 carries. And the Seahawks saying that they want to try to make him a 50-catch running back out of the backfield. This could be a game where uh, Chris Carson could finish the week as a top three fantasy running back. Let's go right to 425. And boy, does this start ugly. But the totals would lead you to think, not really. The Detroit Lions are traveling to Arizona to face the Cardinals. 47 and a half point total, which is pretty high. And the Lions are favored on the road by two and a half. So they're saying it's going to be a pretty decent scoring close game with these two ugly teams. Who are you watching for? Uh, I'm watching for my bounce back player of the year candidate, David Johnson. I want to see David Johnson get back to the elite running back status like he was a couple years ago. And start off against Detroit at home. That's a pretty good matchup for him. So I, I, hopefully Kyler can can perform well and, and get David Johnson the ball every possible way. But I'm looking for David Johnson to put up huge numbers in week one. I'm also really excited for David Johnson. But the guy that I'm going to be watching for is I want to see how the Detroit Lions use Carrion Johnson. Now, as soon as Theo Riddick got cut, uh, uh, on Johnson became like the guy. He jumped up draft boards. He skyrocketed. He has like some of the biggest names in the fantasy football game were all on on to basically be that guy. Now, preseason would lead you to think otherwise. They didn't use him all that much in preseason. A ton of split games with CJ Anderson. Third downs and goal line were both CJ Anderson. So, are the Lions kind of hiding how they're going to use Carrion Johnson? Or is Carrion going to be a first and second down and they're going to use D.J. Anderson for uh, short yardage and goal line? If that's the case, that is going to really suck. But Carrion Johnson has all the talent in the world. He's, he's a good running back, great pass catcher. But even he was on the record saying he's not a true workhorse running back. So, I am really curious to see how, uh, how Patricia uses him. And I know a lot of people who drafted carry on in the third round are all very anxious because that preseason was not reassuring. Now, in a game like this, I mean, you start carry on, you start, uh, you start uh, DJ, obviously. Would you start Kyler Murray? Uh, I, I would start Kyler Murray against the Lions. I would definitely start him. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping, if it was my team, I'm hoping he wouldn't be my starting quarterback. But like I said earlier, I'm benching Matt Ryan this week against Minnesota. So, and like if I had Kyler as a backup, I, I would feel comfortable starting him. Yeah, no, I'd, uh, I, mm, depending on who else you have, I'd start Kyler. I mean, I trust that the Cardinals haven't showed their full hand and that they're going to have more of a creative offense than what we've seen. I mean, you kind of have to believe that, right? Because their offense was so vanilla in the in the preseason. So, I'd be okay starting Kyler. Um, 
No, I love David Johnson in that matchup, though. I think David Johnson, along with Chris Carson, I think both those guys could be in the top three for running backs this week. Next game, we have, boy, do we have a fun one. And I feel like we get this one every year. We got the New York Giants traveling to Dallas to face the Cowboys. Now that Zeke is back, boy, the Cowboys took a jump. Now, the total is 45, middle of the road. But now Dallas is favored by a whole touchdown, seven points. Who are you watching for in this one? Uh, this game, I'm watching two players. I'm watching, well, really three, but I'm, I'm watching the wide receivers for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm talking about Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb. But specifically, out of those three, I'm watching Michael Gallup. I am. I got high in him towards the end of preseason. I really wasn't too big on him early on in the whole you know, mock draft process, but I'm coming around on Michael Gallup. I, I think he is a big body receiver. He can go up and get the ball. He's very athletic, and uh, he's he's just. I think he's going to have a big, big year for the Cowboys. And the Giants are terrible. So, and, and I mean, it's a divisional game, so it's it's the first of two games that these two teams are going to face off. But at the same time, it's like it, like the divisional games are tough because they know each other so well. So, I mean, I'm not going to come right here and say, oh, yeah, you know, the Cowboys should blow out the Giants. I don't think it, it probably will be a closer game because they face off so often. But I'm watching for Michael Gallup against the Giants secondary. I think I think it's it could be end up being a shootout, as crazy as it sounds, because the Giants really don't have much to go to. But, uh, I mean, I think if you look at I mean, the, the Cowboys' defense is good, and it should be a good matchup for their defense. But Saquon Barkley – still that guy so you know Saquon's gonna have a big game um there could be a little bit more points on the board than they're predicting but I don't know I mean you gotta go with the Cowboys in this and I think in large part of that is because of their receivers and I'm watching for Mike Gallup to get a touchdown and maybe close to like 100 yards yeah that that, that's a bit bold I'd say with the Michael Gallup call now that Mark Cooper is seemingly back and healthy but the guy that I'm watching for now the the cop out is to say Zeke right Uh, because we haven't seen him yet he's he's been in Cabo or whatever he's been running on the beach so Zeke's the cop out I think Zeke and Barkley are both going to eat so I'm not going to pick either of the running backs I am going to the Giants though and I'm going to do a little two-for-one, kind of like what you did. I'm going Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. Now, I want to see how Shepard does being a wide receiver one without Golden Tate there because Tate is suspended for the first four weeks. I think Sterling Shepard, I think he's a pretty talented wide receiver. I don't think he's great, but I think he's good. So I'm curious to see how much Eli is looking his way. But the guy I'm really excited about watching is going to be Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram essentially is just a gigantic wide receiver. He's a big boy, good hands, and I think he's going to be an absolute target vacuum. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are going to have an answer for him, and I could see Evan Ingram getting upwards of 9 or 10 targets this game. In PPR formats, I think Evan Ingram is going to have a monster of a week. Don't know about the touchdown, but if someone on, on the Giants is going to get a touchdown that's not named Barkley, I think there's a good chance it's Evan Ingram. So that is who I'm watching for this week. Now, obviously, no one on planet Earth is starting Eli Manning. But uh, 
is there anyone in this game you would feel like you can't start? Like, how would you feel if you had to in a three receiver league? Your th- wide receiver three is Sterling Shepard. Would you feel okay, or are you looking somewhere else? Yeah, I would feel fine with Sterling Shepard. He's the number one receiver over there now, so uh, I, I, yeah, I'd be fine. I really wouldn't not start anybody in uh, this matchup. Yeah, nah, I hear you. Now let's jump over to the last four twenty-five uh, four twenty-five start time, and oh boy, do I love this one. The 49ers are traveling to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers. A total of a solid 50 points, which is good. Tampa is favored at home by one single point. Get ready to start your fantasy players from this one. Who are you watching for? Now, I know there's countless options, but who's the one guy you're really going to watch? This is going to be a gross game. Uh, I'm going to be watching Jimmy G. I want to see how Jimmy Garoppolo's knee looks, if he's back healthy, if he's confident. Um, the Bucks defense is just terrible, so and he, should, uh, he shouldn't have too much trouble passing with these guys. And uh, so I want to see how Jimmy Garoppolo looks, and I, I want to see which receiver out of that bunch he, he kind of develops a good uh, chemistry with, whether it's whether it is going to be Pettis or maybe it's going to be Debo. So, I, I mean, you know, Kittle will get his targets, but overall, though, I want to see how Jimmy Garoppolo looks against this terrible Buccaneers defense. So, you know, I, I think you picked the wrong receiver already. I think the guy that is going to end up being favored by Jimmy is going to be Goodwin. Goodwin had the had the chemistry with him. Uh, when, what? Not not last year. The year before when uh, Grappolo got traded over there. He definitely had the chemistry there, but then he missed pretty much all of last year with injury. So I think Goodwin, now Goodwin, on the quote-unquote unofficial depth chart, Goodwin and Pettis are the starting receivers. But those depth charts, they're not even put out by the coaches. They're out by people that work around the team. So you can't trust the depth charts. So speaking of the depth charts, now, obviously, I love me some Chris Godwin. I've... I've probably been the highest on him out of just about anybody that you guys listen to. So I obviously am dying to see how he's going to carve up this 49ers defense. If Godwin goes for like a hundred, like we'll say 97 yards and two touchdowns, I'm not surprised. But that's not exactly, now I'm watching for him, yeah, but there's also somebody else I'm keeping an eye on. And that's going to be Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida. Now, as for mentioned, the unofficial depth chart, the 49ers uh, depth chart had Breda as the RB1 over Coleman. Now, I don't put any merit to these depth charts because they're not the official ones. I mean, if you look around at everyone's depth charts, they have like stars being listed as second in line. So don't put much attention to them. And for the people out there that do, I just want to say the preseason is more of a reflection of what they're going to go with as opposed to these unofficial depth charts. Tevin Coleman outsnapped Breda 30-11 to 11 in preseason running with the ones. This is going to be Tevin Coleman's job. Now, Breda is going to get in there. The way that I see it is I think this is going to be similar to the Atlanta split. But I think Coleman is going to be in the Freeman role, and I think Breda is going to be in the Coleman role from, uh, from Atlanta. So I feel great about starting Tevin Coleman, and I feel good about starting Breda this week too because, you know, the Buccaneers – 
they're going to give it up. But I'm curious to see how Garoppolo is playing with Coleman in the backfield. I want to see if Coleman's going to get targets. Garoppolo's never been a big time. Uh, he's never been a fan of checking down to running backs, really. But the 49ers offensive line isn't the best. So Garoppolo is going to be under pressure. And after dealing with that serious injury, I feel like the coaching staff is probably chirping at him that he can check it down because he has capable pass catching running backs. I think Seven Coleman has a big game this game. I think he's going to have over 100 total yards of, uh, from scrimmage with a handful of catches and possibly a touchdown. So I'm watching for the 49ers running backs, but mainly I'm watching to see how they utilize Tevin Coleman. Now, in a game like this, I'm not even going to bother asking you starts or sits because in a game like this, I believe you start everybody. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much have to. Uh, especially, you know, like obviously Mike Evans should dominate absolutely dominate this team so yeah I mean there's really no defense in this game so when there's no defense just start him Wait, so, so are you calling for a Ronald Jones breakout uh, I'm calling for no not that <laughs> there's going to be no breakout from anybody in the Buccaneers backfield <laughs> both those guys at this point are either getting undrafted or they're going like the last couple of rounds. There's really not much potential back there. I don't know. I think this could be the game when Rojo just looks like a uh, looks like a McCaffrey type. But uh, anyway, let's jump to Sunday night because Sunday night probably has the best game of the week, and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Foxborough to face <clears throat> defending Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. Now, the total points in this game is 51, which is nice. The Patriots are favored by six at home. Now, who now out of there's a ton of players in this game to watch. This is going to be a great one. But who's the one person you're really staying keen on? I will be watching Josh Gordon. I am so pumped that he's back. He's back from the suspension. Uh, I think he's going to be. A, a very big target for Tom Brady. I think he's going to target him a ton in this game. I think he's going to have a lot of yards, at least a touchdown. And uh, what should end up being a Patriots win, win, hopefully. But I'm watching Josh Gordon and Tom Brady back in action together. Uh, I'm kind of wavering right now because Josh Gordon was going to be my pick. Um, uh, I want to see if Juju Smith-Schuster is really going to have the breakout that everybody is expecting. Now, some people have Juju Smith-Schuster ranked as wide receiver one. They have him ranked over Hopkins and Adams. And that's not exactly a, a bold prediction. A lot of people are high on Juju because all those vacated targets. Uh, I mean, Juju got a ton of targets last year, but he's, he's kind of forced into having even more now. But the Patriots' defense, Patriots have one of the best secondaries in the league, so I want to see how Juju can handle getting double covered. Now, you know Belichick. You know he takes away your best option. There's going to be safety help on Juju all night. So I want to see if he can shake loose, if he can create that separation. And we all know he's a good uh, red zone wide receiver. He's one of the best in the league in the red zone. So I just want to see how he does when he gets the majority of the defensive attention coming from an absolutely – elite coaching staff that specializes in taking away 
what you want to do. So I want to see how Juju can hold up against the Patriots defense. Now, in, in a game like this, another again, you start everybody if you have them. Is there anybody, would you start Roethlisberger Sunday night against the Patriots? Yeah, I think you can start Roethlisberger. I wouldn't recommend it, but uh, he's startable. The uh, Paz secondary is, is elite. Pro- probably the best secondary in the league, to be honest. Uh, and I mean, we did a lot of pieces on the on the D line, so our defense is going to be stacked. But I mean, Roethlisberger is good. He spins in the pocket. He delivers it. So I think you can uh, start Roethlisberger in this game. Yeah, no, I'm definitely excited for this one. And like I said, you took my guy. I really am looking forward, and I'm going to be watching for Josh Gordon. I want to see how good he looks. I want to see how how much time he sees on the field. And I think he's going to see a lot. I don't think that there's going to be uh, limited snaps for him. I think he's going to be out there just about every snap. So very much excited to be watching for Josh Gordon in a game like this. So that brings us to Monday night. Now, there's two games on Monday night. The first one starts at 7, 10 p.m. Eastern time. So we're going to do that one first. This game holds the highest point total of the week and it's the Houston Texans traveling to battle the Saints in the dome 53 point total the Saints are favored by seven which was a bit of a surprise to me I think that that's a little high who are you watching for in this matchup uh this game is gonna be fun to watch this should be a shootout uh the player I'm watching this is Deshaun Watson Watson has a healthy Wolf Fuller DeAndre Hopkins Kiki is healthy. I think he's a little banged up, but he's, he'll be out there. They traded for Kenny Stills. You get Duke Johnson Jr. They had, like, Deshaun Watson may have the most weapons around him. It's it's really crazy how many talented weapons he has at his disposal. Uh, and the one issue with the Texans was probably their offensive line, and they just traded for Laramie Tunzel. From the Dolphins, so they got one of the best young left tackles in the league. So, I mean, if that line can improve and Deshaun doesn't get sacked, the lead league in times like he did last last season, Deshaun's gonna have like an MVP type season. So, I think with all these weapons against the Saints defense, which is solid, but they're not nothing crazy. They're not that great. I think there's gonna be a ton of points put up in this game, and I think Deshaun Watson's gonna throw four touchdowns. And, uh, I mean, he's just going to ball out. Yeah, no, this is definitely going to be a fun one. Now, before I tell you who I'm spotlighting, I just want to say I'm so excited to watch this Saints offense. How on earth did you not pick Jared Cook as the guy you're highlighting? Uh, That is true. That is true. I mean, see, here's the thing. I've been on Jared Cook for so long since – our very first, maybe second episode. I think our second episode, I've been high in Jericho. So, I mean, it's at the point where it's like, I've already spoke this into existence. Jared Cook is a thing. He, he's on people's radars now. All right. I, I know what to expect. I think Jared Cook is going to have, Jared Cook will have at least a touchdown, probably 70 yards, 70 yards receiving, probably like five catches or so. I would say 570 and a touchdown for Jared Cook. I mean that's that's my guy, but I know I, I I have transformed you into a cook guy, so I figured maybe I'll you know let you take the reins over 
and talk about Jared Cook, and I'll just take this one for this one. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking about Jared Cook. <laughs> now, you have, you've talked me into it a, a teeny bit, a tad, if you will, just because I don't really like any of the receiving options outside of Michael Thomas and Kamara. So I feel like Jared Cook could be, not kind of Kamara, I feel like he could be the, like the number two option in the passing game. And it's just, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not talking about Jared Cook. Now, what I'm really excited to see, not who I'm watching, but who I'm quick, because I just can't wait to see Alvin Kamara out there running the rock. The dude is a magician. I don't understand how he breaks as many tackles and is as elusive as he is. I feel almost like he has like a cheat code activator where you just can't tackle the guy. Alvin Kamara, is, in my opinion, is one of the most exciting players to watch because every time he has the ball, I feel like he's always going for like four or five yards and he has that breakaway speed and elusiveness to just take any carry to the house. So I'm excited to see Kamara, but that's not what I'm watching for. Fantasy-wise, I'm watching to see how the Texans' backfield shakes up now. Now, as you know, uh, the Texans went out and acquired Carlos Hyde, who got cut from the, uh, from the Chiefs. And the only reason why the Chiefs cut him was because McCoy became available. The Chiefs were planning on keeping Hyde. Now, I don't think Hyde would have took the job away from Williams, because I think Williams is better, but ha- Carlos Hyde is still okay. I mean, he's not hes not the worst running back in the world. He's still solid. He's okay. I mean, he, he started off the year really hot last year with the 49ers before he ended up getting traded to the Jags. And then when he got traded to the Jags, he just kind of fell off a cliff and disappeared. Now he gets to go to the Texans, who lost Mar Miller. So the Texans went out and acquired him, which tells me... Now, they already had uh, Duke Johnson at the time. So the fact that they went for Carlos Hyde shows me that they believe what every other team who had, I guess I shouldn't say every other team, but what every other coaching staff saw in Duke Johnson. And is that Duke Johnson's a great pass-catching running back, but he's not hes not the big boy that's going to bang on the line of scrimmage. He's not hes not going to punch it through the gap in short yardage. He's never been that guy, and I don't think he ever will be that guy. Now, it's no knock against him. Duke Johnson is a talented running back, but there's a reason why he's never been a one for his team. And then it just goes to show you that that holds true because the Texans went out and got Hyde. I think Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson will be basically a 50-50 split. I think it's going to be – I think Duke, Duke Johnson is going to get plenty of time. I think he's going to be the pass catcher. But I can see a world where Carlos Hyde is the first and second down back behind that line, and it's going to help keep pressure off of Watson if they can establish some form of run game. And I think they're going to do that with Carlos Hyde. So I'm curious to see how that Texans backfield shakes up. I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the snap splits between the two. And I want to see on third down if Hyde gets on the field for third downs or if it's always Duke Johnson and on first and second down. I want to see if Johnson is ever out there over Hyde. So fantasy-wise, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the Texans split up that backfield. Carlos Hyde could end up being a very solid, very late upside pick in your drafts. He's going undrafted. I mean, come on. So I'm going to see how if Carlos Hyde holds any value this year. In a game like this, I think it's pretty safe to say you also start everybody. Is there anybody you wouldn't feel great about starting? Like, would you start Will Fuller or Kiki QT if those guys are even healthy? They get banged up so often, I don't even know anymore. I'm pretty sure Fuller is good to go, but I don't even know, I don't even know about QT right now. I uh, Will Fuller in a couple uh, couple leagues. I'm definitely starting him as my receiver three. 
Uh, I'm all in on Will Fuller. I think uh, if he can stay healthy for the season, he's a lock for 10 touchdowns. I mean, he's only proven that in the past. The guy is a touchdown machine. So if he can stay healthy, which he is right now, Will Fuller is definitely a start. Okay. So that's going to be a great game to watch. Now let's hop over to the second Monday night game. This one is a late one. This one starts at 10.20 p.m. Eastern time. That's very late for us East Coast guys. That So that means the game's going to get over at like like probably like 1 in the morning, maybe later. And uh, it's not going to be a pleasant one to watch, in my opinion. The Denver Broncos are traveling to Oakland to face the Raiders. Now, as of recording this, we broke the news about, uh, about Antonio Brown. So the numbers might change, but right now it's a 43.5 point total, which is on the lower side. And the Raiders were f- are favored by one. Now, hold on. Let me uh, let me refresh what I'm looking at real quick and see if it changes. It did not change. So right now the Raiders are favored by one. That very well could change with the AB news, and it probably will change. So just take that with a grain of salt. So who are you watching for in this one? Because I know you're not watching for Antonio Brown. No, I mean, I probably would have said Antonio, but obviously that's going to change now. Uh, I know you're a big... Josh Jacobs, guys, so I'll leave that for you. Uh, I'm going to go with Darren Waller. Now, because AB is out, really, Derek Carr has Tyrell Williams, and you have Waller at tight end. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you guys out there watch Hard Knocks, and, I mean, a great show. But you, you learn a little bit about these players. So this this kid Waller had a rough, a rough career. He was out of the league. He pretty much... You know, he basically got another chance with Oakland, and I think it's a good fit for him. He's athletic. He's tall. He's a great red zone target. I think Derek Carr is going to utilize him, and he's going to have a very good game. Um, just to reiterate, my point is Jared Cook last year in Oakland had the best year of his career. And now, obviously, balanced to New Orleans, which is great for me. And everybody else drafted him. But that kid, Darren Waller, is going to have to step into that role that Jared Cook had such a great season last year. And if he can stay healthy and focused, he could be a super-duper sleeper here. So I'm watching. I'm, I want to see what Waller can do against the Broncos' defense. Uh, I, I, think he'll, I think he'll get in the red zone once. See, I, I think because the Antonio Brown news, I think Waller is actually a pretty good guy to watch for. Another guy just... There's two other guys I just want to mention as this is the last game. There's two other guys I want to mention that isn't the spotlight. First guy, Emmanuel Sanders. Now, Emmanuel Sanders looked absolutely fantastic in preseason. I want to see how he looks in the regular season, so that's one. Two is I want to see how the Broncos' backfield plays out with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Now, Royce Freeman was getting some buzz. He had one nice run in the preseason, but ever since then, he just got swallowed up behind the line almost every carry. But Philip Lindsay hasn't looked that great either. So I want to see if it's still going to be the Philip Lindsay show or if Royce Freeman is actually going to get more snaps. That's two. But the one I want to watch for, you already talked about it, is Josh Jacobs. Oh, real quick, I forgot. Another guy I'm interested in now is Tyrell Williams. I want to see how he does without Antonio Brown. I think he, as the number two option over there next to Brown, I think Williams could have a pretty good year. I think it could be pretty sneaky what he could do. Now, he's no juju. Antonio Brown with Roethlisberger wide receiver too but I think he could have himself 
a good year with Antonio Brown getting all the attention. Now, in this game, obviously, no Antonio Brown. So, uh, Williams will have extra attention, but that's just, I just want to see how he does out there. But the guy that I want to, I want to see is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has all the makings of a star running back in this league. He has speed. He has catching ability. He has elusiveness. He has power. He's kind of handicapped by the team. Now, the Raiders aren't a great team. I don't think anybody's picking the Raiders to be in the playoffs. But Josh Jacobs, I mean, Josh Jacobs at this point was light years better than everyone, every other running back on that roster. I'm not worried about the carries with him. His his rookie counterpart, Montgomery, you can make an argument Cohen will be involved. In Oakland, who's going to be involved? You really think Jalen Richard is going to get in there over Josh Jacobs? No, unless Josh Jacobs just had like an 80-yard rush and he needs to catch his breath. I don't see anybody threatening him for carries. Uh, the Broncos' defense is good. So that is, so it's not the best matchup to start, but it's at home. And I know as soon as Josh Jacobs gets his, it breaks his first like 10-yard run, that place is going to be going nuts. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how dominant he is in the Raiders' backfield. I'm looking for him to get like 90% of the snaps, and I want to see him have over 20 carries with a few catches, and I just want to see him be the workhorse that I'm projecting him out to be. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jacobs is in line for a lot of a lot of carries in this game. Um, I'm interested to see how Gruden is gonna. I mean, I, they they released that kid Doss, which they liked. Uh, I was kind of surprised by that. Maybe Renfro. Like, there's gonna be another receiver that's gonna step up along with Tyrell Williams. So, I mean, I'm curious to see who's gonna step up. And, uh, yeah, like I said, Waller. I think Waller's going to be in line for uh, some targets this week, more so than other games because AB's out. Yep. So that's going to do it. That's all the games of the week. We broke down all 16 games. We highlighted players we're watching for. Talked a bit about start and set. Um, AJ, congratulations. Great show today. Football's back. Is there anything you want to tell these fine folks at home before we sign off? Uh, well, yeah, like you just said, football is back tonight. Is that's it? It's back on TV. Uh, Sunday, I'm gonna be on this couch right here watching Red Zone all day. I cannot wait until Sunday night. You know, they're gonna be dropping that banner number six in New England. I know you guys are gonna watch that. I'm pumped for that. Uh, yeah, Monday night games are gonna be good. I actually like the late games. See, for when it comes to NBA, I'm a Laker fan, so. I'm used to staying up late watching these games, so I'm looking forward to the late game. Some of those games get wild and crazy, so I mean, that, that's going to do it, really. Football's back. You can smell it in the air. All the draft, the draft season is concluded. Everybody's got their teams. You're setting your lineups now. Great time of year. Yep, this is the this is the best time of the year. If, if I woke up this morning and it felt like Christmas, I was like, oh, shit. We got football tonight. I mean, I'll be working for the game. I think a lot of people, I mean, all you second shifters out there will be working for the game. But you can watch the game on your phone. You can listen to it. Watch the play-by-play. So at least it's something. Now, Sunday is Christmas. Uh, Today is uh, 4th of July, maybe? 
Is, is today Thanksgiving? Is it Thursday? I don't know. But all I know is I'm going to be sitting there watching this game, breaking down every David Montgomery carry, and I'm going to be watching Terry Cohen cursing at my phone. So very much looking forward to that. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you guys are following us on all social media, Facebook group, all that good stuff. Make sure you leave a five-star review so you can get yourself a Saquon Barkley jersey. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. We made it. Football season.